This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah! Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah! But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And Atlanta recap on post-show recaps. The We Got Y'all crew is back again with the latest from Atlanta's final season. It's episode eight of season four. So that means that what this is the penultimate episode, as we like to say here on post-show recaps. We all are only two away from the series finale of Atlanta, which is just wild. Um, Now, not all of us could be here this week because Chappelle is out on a snipe hunt with Zazie Beats and a kid that they haven't hired yet, but they're going to fix it in post. So it's okay. <laughs> uh, but that means that it's just me and the one and only Mari Forth again today. Mari, how are you? I am good. I'm good. I'm back. I'm glad You're to be back. back. I, I survived homecoming barely. <laughs> um, but I, I'm I'm here. I'm so glad to to talk about this very interesting, like what felt like an out of nowhere episode of right? Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article and it said that this one really did feel like when you're sitting around, you know, for people who do this, you're sitting around and getting high with your friends 
and you let the joke go on a little too long. (laughs) (laughs) But in this case, they have money Uh, so they can make it into an entire episode of television, which is kind of the dream, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, So you were unfortunately, like you said, out last week, um, arguably the week that we needed you the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when mm-hmm. Me and Chappelle, two people, I'm at least parenting adjacent, I feel. <laughs> Chappelle, I'd, I would not hand him a baby. I just would, I wouldn't do it. Um, so yeah, uh, we're not actual parents and it was the parenting episode. So I mm-hmm. wanted to get your ideas and thoughts on episode seven and how you think it impacts the season as a whole. I loved episode seven. And I thought you guys did a great job Thank outside <laughs> of some of your parenting comments. So but mostly Chappelle, I wish he was here so I could admonish him in person. We are not going to, you know, you know, alleg- allegedly beat the personality out of our kids. Our kids have the right to say no to their parents. You know, okay. positive parenting, your, your kids... If your kids know when to set healthy boundaries with you, that means they'll know how to set healthy boundaries with others. So, you know, uh, you know, some people might not have liked how Lottie was, uh, you know, talking to Earn or how she was, you know, not really engaging with him. But honestly, that is that is how you raise like healthy, full humans. I totally believe, you know, those who can communicate through things, um, you, you know, and not just sit down and shut up you know what i'm saying yeah yeah (laughs) but other than yeah other than that i'm just i'm just messing with you guys it was it was that was like my favorite episode of the Mm -hmm. season so far well i mean from a plot point like from like from like literally this is the story this is atlanta this is the plot of these two of the four main characters like this is that's what i loved about that now yeah I I should say like my actual like actual favorite episode was the Kirkwood chocolate episode. Yes, but <laughs> I mean, of course it was. Yes, <laughs> you're a woman but, of taste. Yes, but I I I really love that this episode was just so. Uh, uh, that last episode was just so um like stripped down and so real. It was just Ern and Vanessa, and I liked how you guys talked about the building tension of it, like almost like it was shot like a scary movie. And the funny yeah, thing it was. That, that I thought was the tension and the scary thing that was, you know, coming after them and the bump in the night was them having that conversation of what to do next. You know what I'm saying? Like that was, that was the big, bad, scary monster. It was having that big conversation, you know, what are we going to do? Earn confessing his feelings for, um, for Van, um, in a way that you know she find he he made her realize like no i want you i want all of you and i thought um it was really interesting that i me and me and Chappelle said we didn't really want them to be together you know yeah i but, remember that but this that episode to me felt so authentic uh-huh you know what i'm saying like like in in those type of relationships like relationships where you have a child in common mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily have a relationship but you're also trying to figure it out like we you know we spent a whole uh podcast season talking about the last season of insecure you know what yeah. i'm saying and it was yeah. all you know we knew that like oh Ethan and Lawrence are they, are they in game you know and stuff like that and when they finally got back together it 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 didn't feel as authentic as this 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, it really does uh, make sense because we have seen the highs and lows for each of these people individually, but also mm -hmm. as a couple. And right. the idea that he said, he didn't just say that he was in love with her. He said that he desired her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is so important. I hear so many moms, especially saying, I know I love my partner, but I'm not sure if my partner still desires me. Like mm -hmm. we don't have the same passion that we had early on in our relationship because it's the whole familiarity breeds contempt kind of thing. Yeah. And, and he let her know that that wasn't, that was the opposite of what he felt. And I, I really liked that. Yeah, I think the fact that they have not been together is more is also more palatable. Like, you know, in season one, they were still trying to figure things out. But we got uh, what the Helena episode, I think it was yes. that like, uh, we knew that they were just like, co parenting at that point. And it once Ern made that declaration, it felt like all of the pieces of the series kind of fell into place. Like he was doing all of this to kind of be worthy of her in a mm -hmm. sense um, to be able to provide for her, to provide for Lottie to find his place in the world so that then he can be able to um, give himself to, to the two of them as well. Th at least that's how I took it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's not lost on me that it's now that he is at a successful point in his career, mm -hmm. that this is the time that he's making this, this declaration, because yeah. I feel like it's like, he felt like he had to come, to, he had to bring something had, to the table. Yeah, he had to earn his way there, essentially. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Great episode. You guys did a, a fantastic job. Thank you. Um, we missed you. We really did, <laughs> It's It's weird when one of us is not here. I the, know. The trio is what makes the special sauce. Yeah, but the good thing is hopefully, you know, you know, nothing happens. All of us will be <laughs> together yeah. for these last two episodes. Exactly. Like, hopefully, hopefully. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will get into our episode proper. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams. And come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. 
products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. All right. So this is uh, one of those um, episodes that Atlanta loves to do. Mm-hmm. We saw a similar thing happen in the very first season done by what's supposed to be the same network, band, the band network. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was it? Black American Television Network. Yeah, yeah, Black American Network. Yeah, network. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so this is a band documentary that we're watching. Kind of in the, in the, uh, it'll give you the idea of documentary now. I don't know if you've ever watched that show. Mm-hmm. No, it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's one of my favorite shows. They, uh, it's Seth Meyers and Fred Armisen, and they take documentary, like famous documentaries, um, some obscure, some not. Um, and they basically reenact them, but in a parody way, it's just Mm. really funny. There's no, I can't explain it any other way, but Mm. it's, it's like this. It's really funny. Um, so yeah, this is a documentary now esque episode about a, um, the first black animator to become the CEO of Disney or the first CEO, black CEO of Disney, um, kind of told, with uh, through the lens of the Rodney King story. So mm-hmm. for those of you all who aren't familiar, Rodney King uh, was engaged in a, a chase, a car chase with the LAPD and he was unarmed and the car chase came to a close. And, um, you know, when he got out of the car, he wasn't resisting arrest, but he just was openly being beaten to death almost to death by the cops Mm -hmm. and uh the person i think who was um there was a person who was living right across the way and they were taking video the whole time and we saw this in real time on tv happening just and they did this they would play it over and over on a loop on local tv channels on cnn national tv channels wherever it was just a loop of this black man getting beat to within an inch of his life by these three police officers. And there was a trial eventually uh, because, you know, they got brought up on conduct charges, but not anything even as serious as like uh, as the charges they should have been facing. But all of them were acquitted with the exception of one to which they could not come up with a verdict. So essentially it's a hung jury and acquit- they're acquitted. 
Um, yeah. So everyone got acquitted. And then there were mass protests mm-hmm. uh, as a result of that. People were angry because all we have been seeing on our screens was Rodney King, Rodney King. Mari, can you talk to this? This is something that I remember living through. So I, this really hit, hit a chord with me. Um, I I was three, uh, yeah, but I three. know the history. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know the history of it. The, the protests, of course, um, uh, there were peaceful protests for uh, Rodney King, but then um, eventually it did... Um, there were separate uh, riots that broke out um, to uh, because of the frustration of these four police officers being caught on tape, beating this man and them not being um, brought to justice at all. So these riots, they erupted the streets of uh, LA stoked through fire fires of like racism and, you you know, that had been burning and simmering for a while. So uh, the backdrop of this was very, very interesting. Uh, (laughs) Many of the listeners might know or might not know, but my other podcast, Crime Scene, is a Mm -hmm. true crime documentary podcast and a a review podcast. And as I was watching this, I was like, wait, what is is happening? I know. (laughs) It's like a perfect... It's perfect synergy that you are here to talk about this episode. Yes, it, yes. <laughs> and it was so it was it was so funny and I mean I like the Rodney King um the Rodney King beating and then the like the LA riots or watch riots whichever one uh, you want to talk about that followed were very real and very mm-hmm. serious. But the proceeding of this episode was was not. Let's let's start can we start with that? <laughs> like uh <laughs> I was sitting there. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's not been a black CEO of Disney. Right. But yes, so, this sounds very true. Right. So, right. So the 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 reason I I bring up the Rodney King incident is because the person who's at first narrating the documentary says that um, essentially a, another cultural milestone arose from the Rodney King beatings in a way because this young black animator named uh, Thomas Washington, who his parents named after Tom Jones, which is hilarious. Um, he, he kind of uh, was an animator and, kind of, and, and did this cartoon essentially where the people would, like police would get away with the shooting. All of his work was influenced um, as he was growing up and going to SCAD, which was a school for art and design. Um, he thrived there, but he studied the work of Disney animator, actual real life Disney animator, Art Babbitt, who is best known for developing the character of Goofy. And the article actually exists. You can go back and find it. Um, there is an article wherein for all the early concept art, Art Babbitt gave descriptions of what he thought Goofy would be like, and it's just racist overtones about a Black man. Wow. <laughs> and that that's real. And this man mm-hmm. actually worked at Disney and developed Goofy. And so if you go back and look at some, you know, they have some of that animation in this uh, show that's mm-hmm. actually the animation from Disney. But if you go back and you look at early Goofy, you will notice the stereotypes and the, you know, they didn't even need to put the watermelon there, but they did anyway. So um, 
that led Thomas to make a series called Goofy Please, where uh, Goofy was essentially a bas- like a, a, a basketball player. Um, and for his thesis, he ended up making a short film called The Lil Prince or Lil Prince. Um, <laughs> that actually looked, that drawing actually looked like Prince. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty hilarious. It was like Prince crying. And that's kind of what got him the job at Disney. Yes. And this, like, I, I, I will be wearing my crime scene hat this whole time just because <laughs> it, I, I was really just amazed at how this this documentary like it it's it's mockumentary style but it's not right. mockumentary like right. we know it's a mockumentary because we know it's fiction and you know I I, I watched Twitter I looked at Twitter everybody's like I had to Google to make sure this wasn't <laughs> no. true because that that was the beauty of it like it's a mockumentary because the subject matter isn't true but it's actually shot like a straight up documentary uh, like exactly yeah you would love documentary now mari you would yeah that it's so, it's n- not taking any it's taking itself very seriously as a documentary yes, exactly and i mean just no and, and and it's not letting you in on the joke you have to like kind of know the joke you know yes it's straight up talking heads talking to the camera you know lower thirds of oh this is uh thomas's cousin this is his wife his ex-wife this is his son like straight to camera like oh he, he, we're getting his story through other people we're getting clips of of um what latanya said of like art babbitt and stuff like that this was a perfectly produced documentary about something that was not real <laughs> it was so good yeah it, I it, love that. it was very good mm-hmm. I, yeah i was gonna ask about that as a mode for storytelling but you just summed it up so great um so the the big idea of this ultimately and then we could just kind of talk through what we think are the most salient points they're trying to get through here because there are quite a few things to unpack with all of this um mm-hmm. So by so Thomas was able to get a job at Disney as an assistant animator on DuckTales the movie. And this was because of a diversity and inclusion effort by Disney, which it was really funny. Like one of the talking heads was the white, like older white man who had mm-hmm. been in the boardroom and part of the board and saying how like proud he was of this diversity program. And Thomas mm-hmm. was one of the first recipients of a job because of it. And um, he essentially just, you know, was integrating, helping to integrate all the Disney cartoonists because it's notoriously been a white boys club forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so essentially from a mistake at a board meeting, um, (laughs) the board of directors vote for Tom believing they were voting for some man named Thompson, Mm -hmm. um, but did not know that that was not his actual first name. And the way that they had voted, they voted for Tom. So (laughs) they voted for the wrong person and they weren't able to take it back. And apparently Tom Washington was very um, litigious about it. (laughs) It was just like, there's no way that I'm going to allow you to do that. And so the first black CEO of Disney is born and the rest of the documentary is all about how um thomas wanted to do a couple things the first is he wanted to address fatherhood because he lost his father the his freshman year of college 
and he at this point was married and have have a son has a son and so he wanted to address the father-son relationship within the black community but he also wanted to make social change happen quicker because he believed that things weren't moving as fast as he wanted to them to move so he decided he would make the blackest movie ever Mm-hmm. And the way that he does this is by making a goofy movie. So mm-hmm. it's again the documentary. It's it's genius because the goofy movie actually exists. Yes, but this story behind how the goofy movie came to exist is completely fabricated. But if you <laughs> look at the goofy movie, it's hilarious how salient some of the facts are. Yes. You know? <laughs> like you said, it, it's a jo- a high joke gone too too serious. Like <laughs> the the a lot of there's there's a lot of jokes in here that I was like, I've seen this on social media. Like Goofy being black, the whole Goofy is a dog, Pluto <laughs> is a dog. Why is Goofy letting Pluto Mickey put put on a leash? Like I I was like that is like a trending Twitter topic. Like every other like month, um, which I thought was really funny, but I. Like a goofy movie for me uh, was legit one of my favorite um, Disney movies. Oh, really? Like it was. It was one of the ones where I would like I would ask my mom to put in so I could fall asleep to it. Like I was always like fall. It it is hands down one of my my favorite uh, properties and the like the sequel too. I I can remember like everything about them coming out so um when this was the like the reveal is like oh it's the, the goofy movie i was like dying i was like oh my god this is hilarious yeah and then again it's those 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 funny moments about like oh a goofy movie they're both black and then right ta- talking about like the map that they had was essentially like a green book of where they couldn't exactly stay yeah stay. The trip was that that was the purpose of taking the trip and this trip was the same trip he took with his own son to go fishing his own dad uh Mm -hmm. yeah and his son he took his son there too yeah goofy it was the trip that goofy took with his dad oh see okay you're talking about Mm -hmm. goofy i was talking about sorry (laughs) oh sorry but anyways i have not seen the goofy movie in forever because i was a little too old for that movie Mm -hmm. when it came out yeah no i i loved it and then of course after this episode we then watched it with jj because uh (laughs) last (laughs) night because he he liked the 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 music and stuff too and it's true like when they open the map there's like a one spot that's like don't go here on yeah (laughs) just kind of like really funny so um i it it that's the extended joke this whole episode is made based on a joke that goofy (laughs) is black and that a goofy movie is the blackest movie ever uh the blackest animated movie ever Mm -hmm. and the, the he D- Donald Glover created a whole documentary about it. Like yeah. it's so hilarious. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And I, it's it's so realistic. The um the the white guy that they have in there who um like the amount the people that they name that he's hanging out with, like Adina mm-hmm. Howard, um <laughs> is there, Janet Jackson is there, and then mm-hmm. this white man walks in and they go, Who ordered the white rice? The white and rice. He yeah. said, I still don't get it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, he doesn't understand the joke. Yes. Uh, and the and you know, it's also just a a blatant critique of the idea of diversity and inclusion programs and whether or not they do truly work and then when you get a person in a position 
of power, like in this case, Tom wanted to address segregation, incarceration, the amount of cheese in Black people's diets, like Mm -hmm. all types of systemic issues from top to bottom. He wanted to do everything all with one movie. And it seemed like he ended up doing what a lot of uh, Black people in high status positions or especially in academia do, which is burning out in a really dangerous way that then becomes you know, unbearable for their mental health. Right. So if we want to get into like some of the underlying like real world issues that a lot of people think this is what this episode was talking about, you can start with like um, uh, Tom Washington, like them talking about at the beginning of his childhood, you know, how he was called white by mm-hmm. his peers and not feeling black enough. Um, and then as a black creative, as a creative um, who who is in predominantly white spaces like Tom was, right. how he felt like he constantly had to assert his blackness in those spaces mm-hmm. to the point where he then ends up burning out and flaming out because he it's almost like he can't. Um, it's like he can't please. You can't please everyone. Everybody. At, yeah. at one point, they say he's you know working with groups as diverse as you know, community groups, but also gangs to try Mm -hmm. to make sure that everybody has representation. And if you're trying that hard to please everybody, then you end up pleasing nobody and also hurting yourself. Yeah. And a lot of people thought that this, this, that part of it might be a stand in for Donald Glover himself and yeah exactly uh maybe his plight so that'll be that'll be interesting to hear to see if we have we hear about any follow up about um what the deeper meaning to this episode is but it, it i really liked that aspect of just how how draining it was on him and in his family and it was like like again i'm <laughs> it was funny i was i was watching i was like mm. like i was like you know I was watching the <laughs> night and, and and james was like he would turn he turned to me he's like this is not real this is not I was real. like oh yeah. <laughs> yeah but they're saying some true stuff in it though yeah <laughs> and uh i also just really love the I love all the talking heads. I love how clear the relationships are between the talking heads and, Mm -hmm. and Thomas, like, I love that, you know, which one his mom is and uh, she has her little funny stories to tell, but she's just proud. That's Mm -hmm. just, that's such a cousin thing to do to tell all your stories like that, um, you know, with his cousin. And I, there were just some laugh out loud, hilarious things like the, like excess Tevin Campbell, all Tevin Campbell, all the time yes (laughs) i mean that's what i wanted when i was growing up but you know i'm so (laughs) glad tevin campbell got his flowers like seriously again we do this if you're on twitter especially if you're on black twitter tevin (laughs) campbell gets his flowers like maybe once in a blue moon like every other year and it's always in relation to like a goofy movie and stuff like that and i'm so i'm I'm so glad that he they referenced him here, and you know, just recently, Tevin Campbell like you know came out as yeah. a as a gay man, um, and talked about his experience a little bit as like a closeted gay man in the the music scene and stuff like that. And <laughs> you you see the clips of young him here, and uh, it was so it was so funny because again, I a, a goofy movie really was like a part of my growing up. Like yeah. those songs were a part of my growing up. So. Um, 
can can we talk like you know can not really but yeah, te- Kevin that, was that is the song the song I had the, the hugest crush yes. on him when I was growing up I used mm-hmm. to make my grandmother buy me all of these ridiculous magazines just because mm-hmm. they had pictures of all the boys mm-hmm. I don't even know if they even still make these because the internet exists right, but yeah. in the 90s there was a very niche industry for magazines for young women in particular is who they were marketed toward like young straight girls and it was just all of like the cutest tween yeah like tiger beat right tiger Tiger beat Beat, yeah uh i can't remember the other one Uh uh-huh bop yeah yeah Uh uh all those kinds of magazines so Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely had pictures of tevin campbell up in my bedroom because of like one of the one of those because it was like jive i think was one of the the black mm, ones the black ones mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that was really exciting to see i was happy that that happened um uh i think that the story about um essentially trying to confront black black masculinity is is really important mm. here too mm-hmm. so uh the one of the talking heads says that the movie came out during a time when black masculinity was either men on films, the famous um, in living color sketch uh-huh. or, uh, you know, very deadly, very manly men. Um, and there was really no in between. There was no spectrum. And so, you know, this movie through animation, this movie was supposed to bridge that gap. And uh-huh. and I found that really interesting. Uh, what do you think about that, Mari? Yeah, I thought that was a very good, uh, I thought it was a good point. It made me want to go back and and think about what other, like, like properties about men were going on back in that, that era. But it it did make me think about like that, you know, 92, 93, 94, that early 90s, it was like gangster rap, it was boys in the hood. So, um, you know, menace to society, like all of those, right. If, like he said, hyper masculine, um, hyper masculine movies. So I found that quite, quite fascinating. And again, I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I'm like, it's, this is not true. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. Oh. It's, it's not, it, yeah, it, it, it incepted you. That's what happened. Yes. Yeah. It, it incepted it's so you, and, and that's okay. But it's covering so many real things. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, I don't know, it's uncanny valley documentary style. Yeah, Um, it's like rewrite, it's like rewriting history almost. Yes. (laughs) In a way that's so plausible. Yeah. That it's like, it's easy to get sucked into. (laughs) Um, but it, it, like I just loved it. I love that the, like the take out the documentary itself. Look at it as an episode of Atlanta, mm-hmm. and how an episode of Atlanta is pointing out to us that in the the mid nineties, some of the only representation for men were like either hyper masculine or like making fun of being you know yes or or feminine you know effeminate men. So very very interesting. Very interesting for sure. Another big idea that uh, he wants to bring into this movie, um, the idea of Black exceptionalism, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, another thing that can lead to that burnout that happens for so many people, especially when people aren't taking care of their mental health, which, to be honest, is a thing that 
still has a big stigma in the black community. Just mm-hmm. asking for help in the first place is an issue. But then mm-hmm. when you are trying to, I mean, essentially they have Goofy, they show him, um, you know, dunking a basketball and then kind of like flying over a stadium. Um, just the idea that black people, blackness can accomplish everything and be the best at everything mm-hmm. is hard. You know, that it's it's yeah. hard to be the representative first of all and it's it's hard to live up to everybody everybody's expectations of how great something is supposed to be yeah yeah it and again it just points to the fact of being the sole black person in uh white spaces and right. all of the pressure that comes with that on top of your excess exceptionalism it's just it's a lot that a lot of us do have to deal with and um i think it was portrayed very very well here yeah for sure um what do you think the documentary is saying about fathers and sons huh the documentary or atlanta (laughs) atlanta Atlanta. yeah um (laughs) I thought it was because the biggest thing is in the documentary, uh, Tom Washington is doing this for his son. He says yes. several times that he's doing this for his son, yes. but he inevitably gets inevitably gets so caught up in his work that it it takes him away from his son almost. Um, well, it does, you know, and yeah. and it it do, it does seem to take it take away from him. And his wife talks about how like he would come home stressed some days, and how like you know it wasn't good. It stressed it strained all of their relationship. So, um, I think it definitely puts a spotlight on black fatherhood and and how how hard and how stressful it could be for for black fathers to try and juggle everything, um, right. with so many weights and so many burdens that they're trying to trying to juggle juggle yeah because you know you think about having a job and even if you're accidentally the ceo of a company you're still the ceo Mm -hmm. of disney so having a job that's that demanding and still trying to make time for your relationship with your wife your relationship with your son what do you let go you know there um you know his we learned that she becomes his ex-wife um she talks about you know uh, times where there was substance abuse, times where, um, you know, like hands were raised um, and there was like definitely the threat, if not the actual, you know, carrying out of violence there. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I was hoping because of that, we got a little bit more with the son. But what do you think about the portions uh, with his son that we do get? Of him with his son? Yeah, of him with his son and also his son kind of looking back on his dad's legacy. Yeah, it's it's just it's just powerful. It's I think when we're kids, when we're kids and we see that our parents are struggling and we don't necessarily I I don't think you necessarily realize it when you're kid when you're a kid why they're struggling and what the purpose of their struggle is but it looked like his son at this point being reflective understood like like he was able to it doesn't seem like he internalized um 
the strain that his father was going through, but that now he he now understands that his his father was under such immense pressure, essentially for him that he he now I think realizes that you know he he was striving to do something and he's not a horrible person. It's just right. that it got to him, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's a point they start to really point out. Uh, his mental health taking a toll over this span of time. Uh, one of the talking heads says that, you know, he calls him into a room and shows that uh, Thomas has a gun and a briefcase. Mm, yeah. And, you know, the the reason for the gun being there um, is to remind him that they don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's yeah. this idea of him wanting to be seen um, that we continue to talk about uh, wanting to be acknowledged, but also wanting to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah, and, right. And then again, that upset, that obsession with wanting to be like this. It has to be blacker. It has to be blacker. This has mm-hmm. to be the blackest thing ever. You know, right. which again, you're wondering if that's residual from like you know his upbringing of kind of having to always prove his blackness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so during this time of declining mental health, uh, we see that he's teaching, which is not great. Um, mm-hmm. But also, frankly, uh, from some of the professors I've had in the past, not surprising that someone would be going through a complete mental health uh, emergency while also poorly teaching a class. I've seen mm-hmm. it done. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, he is um, talking about the need to connect to your type of art. And then we get this student who hobbles in on crutches. And he and he's like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. This is the commitment you have to have. <laughs> he brought himself to the cookouts and he got beaten up. But, <laughs> but now he knows more about the Black experience. <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> That was funny. I I did see on like Twitter and stuff like a lot of black creatives, uh, black um, animators were talking about like the part where he was like, uh, you know, that's not a dap. Where's the snap? And like how he would constantly make his animators try and draw black people. And the part where he's like doing, I, I don't know, that's a tootsie yeah. roll. He's trying to get them to like, <laughs> yeah. he's, like draw my legs. Draw this. Draw yeah. my legs. <laughs> <laughs> like apparently that is like a real thing. People on um, social media or saying like it's it's a real thing like they sometimes they don't know how to draw us and how we move and I was like oh my gosh I would have never thought of that you know it's very true and and it's even more true now that art is moving from more of a 2d focus to a 3d focus and things are being done more on computers because we know that facial recognition technology is inherently racist Mm-hmm. Um, it literally doesn't even recognize the faces. I saw yeah. um, an episode of television from a show that I can't remember the name of, but it had a different, it was an anthology show and Issa Rae was in the first episode and she went out to LA for this really big like book interview, essentially. Yes. Have you seen this show? I have. It's the one on Apple, yes. uh, po- po- Apple TV, and it's about it's like the women is it's a women's anthology series. That's kind of like Roar. Roar. Yes. 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 That Roar. was a, yeah. We watched that one. I think we watched that one in maybe like 
one or two other ones. Yes. I really liked it. I mm-hmm. yeah, and uh one of the things that happens is she goes to get her picture taken while she's there to get an ID signed into the building where she's having the meeting and mm-hmm. the the picture doesn't capture her image. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a commentary on the fact that you know, um, you can take a passport picture and the software will say, tell person stop smiling because it doesn't recognize lips of a certain size over a certain mm. size. Um, it's you, People get their pictures invalidated for all kinds of things like that because all of that programming is done to Anglo beauty standards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's even more of a problem now that people are now using more 3D animation and all of that is being done by facial capture technology um that is so interesting yeah like i knew i knew face uh, capture technology didn't um recognize a lot of black faces i didn't think of it in an animation lens there's another good um i think it's on netflix or oh, i i'll try and um, remember the name of it but it's a whole like docuseries about like um surveillance and then how surveillance uh capture the difference between surveillance capturing like black people versus white people and stuff like yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's not a dap where's the snap um mm-hmm. the, the the white rice guy uh keeps saying which is pretty funny um so yeah uh we kind of see this decline happen you know throughout the documentary um you know thomas throughout this whole time is kind of thought to have a chip on his shoulder. He didn't like it when you challenged his blackness and he wanted people to know that he was trying to normalize the culture, which in and of itself is a whole other topic because there's so much out there right now about the need to tell our stories and to make Mm -hmm. them more normalized so Mm -hmm. that everyone because we've always had to see ourselves in white characters everyone it should be universal like our people should be able to see themselves in our stories as well Mm -hmm. and developing that type of double two-way empathy is very important um but there's also something that comes with a price when you try to normalize a culture because that can lead to appropriation yes definitely yeah i didn't I don't know if I I have realized that about the episode, but that, these are all good points, salient points. So um, Kevin Tamble gets his flowers. We're all happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we learned that throughout this entire thing, the there was a little bit of a turning point moment that happened in the mental health struggle where Thomas said mm-hmm. he had everything under control. But then, um, you know, he said, people are asking him about the budget. And he's like, I got it. I've got it under control. I am goofy. And then yeah. he does this maniacal goofy laugh, which yes. when you think about it, at someone doing that in, a, in a, like a meeting with CEOs <laughs> sounds horrifying. But the yes. way the man actually does the laugh is just hilarious. Yes. <laughs> all, all, all of the above, Alex. Uh, yeah. What was that? Like, that was so funny. He's like, I am goofy. I got this. Could you imagine just somebody doing a goofy laugh in the middle of your like corporate meeting? Oh my god! I know. I don't know. I would probably just leave <sighs> in anticipation of something bad happening. <laughs> just like, yeah. to make sure. 
but this basically like is like the turning point like you said of of him like maybe getting too absorbed with the character like slowly yeah. feeling like he's becoming the character right Mm-hmm. yeah don't never go full uh goofy goofy Every, everyone knows that um, <laughs> right <laughs> so disney tried to buy him out but they couldn't um his cousin was like i heard they offered him seventy five thousand dollars, and they're like we offered him 75 million dollars and he Ooh. still would not leave that is a nice chunk of change Latoya. to go away Latanya. Yeah. Do you understand? I would go away faster than like <laughs> a cockroach being sprayed by raid. Like what? <laughs> and that that is right in line with those like CEO severance packages. Exactly. Like CBS, CBS p- played sexual predator Les Moonves a hundred million dollars uh, to leave. Uh, allegedly, gotta say allegedly. So yeah, get do sued. we? Uh, but that that sounds right. Like you you get paid just for them to wanting you to leave, and I'm glad this wasn't a real story because I would have been mad. Yeah. <laughs> Does uh so the next part um I'm gonna ask you I uh if it reminds you a little bit of someone who's been in the news lately that we don't oh, have God. to talk about. Oh, um, God. but yeah, so uh. Thomas kept saying that he felt unsafe and he hired private security. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, the way that they're being described, they're probably from the nation of Islam. Um, Mm. And he was apparently taking advice from, like I said earlier, gangs, but also black empowerment groups. Mm. And so he just started to build up a, a little army around himself because he felt like he had a target on his back. We we can think of this and know this to be paranoia associated mm-hmm. with, you know, a mental health emergency. Mm-hmm. But what do you think they're saying here and how similar is it to a situation that's going on with a certain person whose mural in Chicago has just been painted over? A certain person, a schman schmeschmes, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's fascinating how I swear this season of Atlanta has really touched on like it. It feels like they predicted the future. In a lot I know. Of you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like uh, almost every episode we've come on here and we're like, oh my God, this is exactly what's happening right now today. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did Donald Glover know this is happening? I know the future. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it just, again, when you see celebrities or you see people you know exhibiting um, these types of paranoid delusions or what's assumed paranoid delusions and then like you can't help them you know it's it it happens a lot you know it, mm-hmm. it happens a lot like you said in the black community community um therapy still isn't as widely accepted as it should be right like, i like we are clearly a pro therapy podcast yes like, very you therapy is there you should always utilize it if you have the resources to do so mm-hmm. um so it I just think it speaks to the the times and it's just uncanny. <laughs> yeah. It is very uncanny. Um and honestly there the next part is a little ridiculous, a little <laughs> a little Elisa Lamb 
mixed in with uh you know atlanta i guess Mm -hmm. um so you know people really um started to worry when at the ending of the movie thomas wanted goofy and maxwell to get pulled over and shot by the police because Uh he wanted to demonstrate what would have actually happened or have them shot at a concert um when they crashed the stage right right. when they crashed Uh the stage they would immediately shoot a black man who who did that um so this kind of leads us to finding out what's you know finding out that the subject of this documentary is no more. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the question is asked, do you think that his death was an accident? And his cousin said, next question. But um, one of his friends said, no, there was a tape. And so they show this tape and they're like, Mm -hmm. this is the last known footage of uh, of Thomas. And Mm -hmm. he's drinking liquor and saying, I'm close. I'm close. I'm close. I got to finish this. And that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. It's a really weird kind of off-putting. The reason I bring up Elisa Lamb is because Mm -hmm. that's another person whose death has a weird video Mm -hmm. uh, that leads up or makes you question whether or not her death was an accident Mm -hmm. or if her death was intentional and Mm -hmm. caused by someone else because there's it's just a, there's a weird video it's just a weird uncanny video and this one is shot like it's just his knees basically it's like at mm. knee height yeah and it's it's very uncanny and you just kind of hear him being very intoxicated and saying i've got to finish this yeah and uh check out uh what is it the hotel cecil on oh Netflix yeah if you um if you want to know more about the elisa lamb um the Lisa Lamb uh, disappearance. Yes, uh, but Murder, yeah, like they eventually found her. They found her, but I think it's still the jury's still out on if it was actually a murder or not. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. So it, it <laughs> it's again, it's not. It's funny, but it's also not funny. Like, yeah. it's weird. <laughs> like this was one of the parts where it's just like, thank again, thank God, this is not real. And it's like, so what do you, what are people trying to suggest that Disney killed him because they didn't want him to be a CEO anymore? Like it just, <laughs> it's, or like, you know, who was after him? Who, who could have right. like really who, been after him? Right. Um, not to have been an accident. I think that this whole idea of it's funny, but then again, it's not funny is mm-hmm. because, Atlanta is a show that has never been afraid to make us uncomfortable. And I think that like a lot of times sitting in uncomfortability is actually really important for you to do, especially if you're trying to put yourself in another person's shoes and understand what, and have empathy for other people. Um, You're going to feel a lot of conflicting emotions and it's going to make you feel really uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but uh Atlanta is all about embracing that uncomfortability and having it hopefully foster something better in the end so there's utility to it exactly so we find out that uh that Thomas gets to see one a screening um of the Goofy movie 
and he was angry because he wanted Goofy and Max to be more realistic. Uh, but they apparently put Bigfoot in the movie. <laughs> one of one of the funny funnier parts of that whole movie. So good. Yeah. So, but Thomas didn't think so. Didn't really understand why Bigfoot was in the movie. And after this screening, Thomas just kind of disappears. And while they never find his body, they do find his truck. Um, kind of near one of the places where he and his son used to fish. And the thing mm-hmm. that they that gets me, because this is not supposed to be funny, again, it's so uncomfortable, is they have that giant glow <laughs> yep. floating the, in the water. The giant shoes. Like, <laughs> what is happening here? Like, what are we really watching? It's so funny, though. Mm. Um, but yeah, Ultimately, it seems like his family gets some closure. His ex-wife says that watching the movies makes her feel like he's there with them and that he just wanted art to be about Black people living their lives, being free and being real. That's what the cousin says. Mm -hmm. And he just wanted to be in the culture. And by doing so, he happened to make the Blackest movie of all time. Mm Hmm. Hmm. Black is this the blackest animated movie of all time? I don't think it is. I think they didn't I even the... say they didn't like parse it out like animated. They said blackest really? movie of all time. Oh, mm. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even say it's the blackest animated movie because I just watched Baby's Kids the other day and it's still it's oh still my good. god, I it's love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I if I can say that. it holds up. I think right. I think it's, yeah, it's I saw know. that in the theater. <laughs> I, I remember. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, I definitely saw Baby's Kids in the theater. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and I had an aunt named Bebe as well. Stop so it. I really did. Oh, um, <laughs> mm, uh, mm. She never heard the last of it. Um, oh. God rest her. Sorry for her. Yeah, but <laughs> that was her name. So what was she going to do? <laughs> um, so yeah, Mari, what else do you th- what do you think ultimately this episode is telling us about black art today? I mean, again, just the struggle of black art and trying to get your point across culturally while also trying to decide if you're trying to um appeal to the mainstream or do you want to appeal to, you know, just your culture? Like, I, I feel I feel like we, as a podcast here, should be able to um, relate to this enough. Because we are here, we're talking about a Black show, we are Black people. But I think we, I think we can say this, like, we are trying to be... Um, experienced by as many people as possible you know what i'm saying like so like you said so like we can learn something you guys can learn something from us we can learn something from you that's why we asked for uh we love all of your comments in the discord thank you so much you know like i get it It, it, it's it's i get it it's like uh, the pressure to be yourself and not um cave uh to try and be palatable and i and i think this is that's what i gleaned from this episode now what mm-hmm. donald glover trying to say i don't know yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it be great if we could ask him yeah wouldn't it that'd be wonderful. one of the writers yeah any of the writers who yeah. may or may not be listening 
Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 that's how I took it. I, I think it's a fine line that some of us, some of us walk and you're just trying to decide like, you know, can we, can I be fully myself? Will I be fully accepted being mm-hmm. myself on this, on this medium or should I, I, water myself down or should you just not think about that do you not put that weight on yourself or do you just you know go out there do what you can do and then whoever responds responds like right i I thought it was i thought it was really good in that scheme of things things now in the overall of the season (laughs) i'm like man like i love these type of episodes you know you know i'm on record saying i love this a real episode i love the episode Mm -hmm. where we get outside the plot but after such a really good plot heavy episode last week to come back to this i was like oh oh, okay (laughs) i was like all right so you know no i i'm interested to hear what Chappelle says because you know he he finds some of the these episodes might be like time wasters because they only have like you said you only have two more episodes we have two more episodes yeah, I know there's the whole two episodes now. left for the whole series yeah it is getting so, real yeah so I know some <laughs> people could could feel like this is a quote-unquote waste of an episode because we're not with the cast at all no <laughs> none of we the don't cast see was in it. one of them no. yeah yeah so um, but I, I enjoyed the episode. I think two episodes are are should be more than enough to to wrap up the the series because I don't feel like there's any real lingering threads in the way that they that they've done this show. Um, it, it it's just felt so realistic and all of that. So I'm, I'm excited. I, this was a great episode. I'm glad I got to be here to talk to uh, to you about it. Yeah, I'm really glad that you got to do that as well. Um, <laughs> I always love talking to you, Mari, uh, about literally anything I will talk to you, um, which brings Same. me to the question that we will ask once again, because we don't seem to be getting any answers from people. What are we going to do next? Chappelle asked this question last week on the mm. podcast, and uh, it was crickets from us, frankly. <laughs> that doesn't mean that we don't want you all's input, so... I think that the We Got Y'all crew is in it for the long haul. Um, As long as, I tell Chappelle, as long as you actually want to continue podcasting with me, then I will continue podcasting with you. Same goes for you, Mari. So we got to figure out what we're going to do next. And if you all have any recommendations whatsoever, please drop them in the Discord under the, in the Atlanta channel, or you can, uh, write to us um, at Atlanta at postshowrecaps.com. Tell us what you think um, this documentary was all about. Tell us what we should cover in the future. Tell us the blackest movie of all time. It'd be great. (laughs) Any of those things (laughs) would be wonderful. Um, So yeah, we also, um, you know, mentioning the Patreon, Uh, We're approaching the beginning of the month, and so it's always a great time at the first of the month to sign up. Uh, If you sign up at the $10 level, then you get access to our patron discord where we have special perks, um, including the discussion channels, our uh, feed uh, where episodes can come to you earlier or maybe ad free, or you get bonus content that other people who are just listening uh, on their podcatcher of choice 
and not paying for the uh, the Patreon won't receive. So if you would like to support the We Got Y'all crew and help us to do more podcasts like this one, then go to patreon.com forward slash post show recaps. Support us, support post show recaps. All right. Um, check us out on our own feed, postshowrecaps.com forward slash Atlanta. There's only two episodes left, so you only have two episodes of time left, two weeks, to leave mm-hmm. us those five-star ratings and all those great reviews because those get looked at by people and we care about it. So if you're enjoying the coverage that you're getting on um, this show, let us know. If you're not enjoying the coverage you're getting, let us know, but hopefully in a respectful way uh, and tell us how we can make it better. Uh, Mari, you're always booked and busy. What do you have going on? So uh, every week, me and Matt Scott bring you the Wrestling Rehap Up podcast. I wasn't on last week. Again, homecoming tings. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, Matt had uh, two wonderful guests on, Stan and AJ. They did like a Halloween-themed episode. So definitely go check that out by going to robhasawebsite.com slash wrestling feed to subscribe. Please, please, please subscribe. Um, you can also watch the video. I think they're in costumes or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> by going to YouTube and going to the Rob Has a Podcast YouTube page, searching Wrestling Rehap Up. That's Wrestling R H A P U P. Um, to watch the video version of our podcast. Um, me, Taryn, and Rich just finished the. We concluded the book club. Um. Uh, watch uh, the finale for House of the Dragon. It was amazing sitting in on the Black Council with yeah. Rich and Taryn. Um, the House of the Dragon season is over um, and the book club has f- completed our watch. Go and um, go and listen to all of the, the episodes, not just the ones I was on. <laughs> by, <laughs> by going here on, on Post Show Recaps, checking out the House of the Dragon um, content. We're also um, going, I think I can say this, we're going to be dropping a, a special um, where uh, me, Philly, Taryn, I think Josh and Grace are going to be doing just a special um, uh, predictions podcast for season two. So as book readers, we're going to try and predict what we're going to see in season two. So if that's something that interests you, if uh, it might be a long wait. We have no idea when season two yeah. is coming. <laughs> I, the last thing I heard is they're not even going to start filming until March of 2023. Oh, God. So... <laughs> so. I might be wrong, but that's what I've heard. That is not good for us. So <laughs> it's going to be a while, people. You, we can hold hold you up by like uh, doing our predictions. Go listen to the book. The book is great. Go listen, watch, read the book. Not you can't watch the book, but you know what I'm saying. Fire yeah, and blood. Watch and, and read and we, listen. Yes, and then you can come back in and listen to our predictions if if you want to. But it's going to be a fun podcast. Um, also. Uh, every Tuesdays, me and Sarah Carradine bring you a uh, crime scene, the crime scene podcast, where we review true crime documentaries, docuseries, and um, properties. Um, this week, we dropped <laughs> so many things happening. We dropped um, <laughs> I Love You, You Hate Me, the, the Barney um, documentary on Peacock. Oh, yeah. Yes, very good documentary. 
And we are joined by the Shit the 90s Taught Me podcast, both Sarah uh, Ferguson and Jess Sterling. Uh, they joined us and it was a fun time talking about the 90s, talking about Barney as a few of us were Barney kids on that podcast. Um, and it is a very interesting documentary. So you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash crime feed to subscribe. Please subscribe. Keep the light. Help us keep the lights on. Yes. Um, subscribe send us your um your questions by um going to um sending sending emails to rob has a website.com slash uh oh wait send emails to crime scene <laughs> rhap at gmail.com there you go wow. <laughs> that's it wow. oh, oh no 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 nope, follow me on it. twitter yeah. follow me on twitter at mari talks too much that's too like the number two it's too much it's too much <laughs> uh you just do all the things. I really I don't understand this. Everybody just in your own individual homes, give a round of applause for Mari Forth, <laughs> who you. manages I, to be a I, wife I and it. a mother and have a full-time <laughs> job and do all of those things that Thank aren't you. her full-time job. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Round of applause. Do it. Um, yes. You can find me here um, each week because it's so fun. But you can also... Um, come on over to the Andor feed. Um, Andor is the best show on television right now, y'all. Mm. And no one is listening to me about this. And I'm mm. really upset about it. So, yeah, if you're not already watching Andor, you should be. Not just because the podcast is a lot of fun. Me, DM Philly, and Brennan Fitzpatrick every week coming at you with the hot goss about uh, Andor. Um, I will be out this coming week for traveling, but uh, you're going to have some fun guests filling in that I think that you'll enjoy. Um, we are going into our last Mike Flanagan property of the haunting of Mike Flanagan. We are going to be talking about the midnight club with grace. So it's me and grace and Ariel. It's going to be just like an episode of post-show recaps theater only make it Flanagan. Um, then we are coming back for another episode of Versus. It's going to be House of the Dragon versus uh, Lord of the Ring, The Rings of Power, which fantasy epic saga reigns supreme. I'm sure we'll come up with a completely foolproof, absolutely right formula to determine that in the same way that we did with our other Versus voting. Um, and then, of course, I will be covering the first episode of The Crown and then doing a, a little bit of an announcement after that um, with Grace Leader. And you can also catch me with DM Philly and Grace Leader on the interview with the Vampire Pod this week where I talked about episode five with them. And I think that that's it for me. Follow me on Instagram at Stormborn1222. Follow me on Twitter at LK Starks. Thank you all so much for coming uh, out. And by coming out, I mean putting in your he headphones and listening to us. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.